You are now tuned in to the Project 365 Experience. Welcome back to the Project 365 Podcast, guys. I am your host, Kocho, and this week, we are at episode 19. We are joined by Miss KJ, Miss Keanu Foz. Uh, she is the youngest CEO in America. She is 17 years old, and she's the CEO of a brand that she started since 2020 called Point Goddess, right? So we tap in with KJ. Um, it's been a pleasure to just, I got to throw this in. It's been a pleasure to just watch KJ just grow and bounce back from injuries. And now she's, and now she got her own brand and she's pushing herself to just inspire the next generation of athletes, especially young girls who really um, don't really have a role model in a lot of situations. So sometimes just seeing somebody this young, um, just be able to persevere through all the hardships, through moving, uh, leaving her hometown of Montreal, being a student athlete, and balancing being a brand. Um, it's a lot of inspiration for the next generation. We tap in, we talk about how she bounced back from her injuries. Uh, we talk about her move, uh, how she moved away from home and went to go uh, pursue this high school uh, basketball dream, playing at prep school. And we just reminisce on the good times and KJ's been giving me buckets for a long time, guys. So stick around. It's a really fun episode. Um, and in the basketball coaching section, we're going to talk about player empowerment, which is something that I believe in because, guys, basketball has to be fun. And as coaches, we have the keys to be able to guide our players to have the roadmap for them to have success by using this sport. So player empowerment, how can we help our players, one, enjoy the sport, but two, be the best players that they could be? It's a really fun episode. We're already on episode 19, almost at episode 20, guys. Um, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to dive straight into our interview with the CEO of Point Goddess at only 17 years old, Miss Kiana KJ Foes. Let's go. It is my pleasure to be joined by KJ Kiana Foes. <laughs> How are you? Holy, the CEO of Point Goddess. How I'm good, and you? I'm good, I'm good. Funny story. I don't even think you remember. I don't even think you remember this. But, you know, when I first started coaching, when I started mm -hmm. coaching at, you know, the YMHA Wolves down in Montreal. Yeah. And, you know, I was, you know, just trying to figure out this whole basketball thing, you know, because it was still new to me because I had played, but I didn't really know if it was possible for me to, ever get like a career per se right mm -hmm. so i go through that and every year you know i'm coaching boys and i run into three girls on this page team that pick up my boys full court turn them over <laughs> and are scoring layup after layup after layup i don't even know if you remember but back then you said no, i remember that <laughs> buckets i remember you used to have yeah. the bun you used mm -hmm. to have the bun and the one leg sleeve yeah, and my headband too. Huh? My Nike headband too. I had that. And then back yeah. then, I was, holy man, I would feel bad for these boys, man. They don't understand, man. Yeah. It's been, man. It's been good. It's been good to see you grow into this role and just see you mature as not even a young teenager, as a young woman, and being able to inspire mm -hmm. so many people. So, talk talk to me how you got to this point, like being able to transition also from basketball, how did it happen? Like basketball and then you start thinking brand. Like, how does it happen? I mean, to be honest, it's something that just like comes comes in time. Like, for example, I was playing basketball and then um, I had to like truly find myself and like my inner beauty and have that confidence because I mean, confidence comes a long way. And then as I started playing, like Point Goddess came along. And then ever since then, like, it's just been growing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so let me, let me just kind of like pick your brain on it. So when you're looking at point goddess, right? Mm -hmm. What is like your, your goal? What is your, your mission? So my goal or mission is really just to empower and inspire as many other female athletes, not even just athletes, but just female and women in general. So, for example, like one of my biggest like 
motivators are really the younger girls, the young girls who look up to me, who are always like, oh my gosh, point goddess. So now like whenever I see little girls, like they know like about me, they don't even call me by my name anymore. They just say point goddess. And sometimes I'm just like, okay, you know what, I'll take it as point goddess. But that like just seeing them being inspired by me, like really pushes me to continue with this point goddess. Cause I mean, it's not easy, obviously being a student athlete, like having a brand and you know, like practices school and going back and forth like it's not easy balancing it but it's like once I really knew that I wanted to do this and go through with this it just it's just a habit now like I already know like it's just my lifestyle Mm -hmm. so let me let me let me take you back a little bit what was the Mm -hmm. moment where you said okay I can do this or the moment that clicked that said I should do this there's always a moment there's always a moment so back to what I was saying, like how it started and like from before, if I'm really, if I'm really being like honest with you right now, I need it. Before, yeah. like, my goddess was always around, but I was never really like in tune with it, like putting much effort or whatever. Like, yeah, I was there, but yeah, I was still trying to find myself because I started point goddess um, back when COVID happened. So, you know, I was still young, like I was still finding myself trying to know like, who I really am as a person. And then um, it was just kind of there. But then ever since I saw my ACL, which was last summer, that's when I really started to focus more on Point Goddess and putting more effort and work into it. And then, but before, like before my ACL, I wasn't really, you know, like putting much work. But then ever since like I tore my ACL, like it changed for me. It wasn't just, I wasn't just thinking about basketball. I was thinking about life after basketball. So like when that happened, like that's when it kind of clicked for me. It's To me, it's still crazy because I think like just the maturity that you have, because people forget you're you're still in high school. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's crazy, you know, right. 17, turning 18, turning 18. Yeah. Turning 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, like, so like, not a lot of people have. Yeah. You know? And it's like, do you ever have times where, like, you know, and this is not to throw shade on anybody, but do you ever have time where, like, you start looking around and you're like, wow, like, even my peers, like, in terms of um, management, in terms of brand, in terms of, like, just adult stuff, do you sometimes look around mm-hmm. and be like, damn, like, I can't hang around with my peers a lot because I have to focus on so much like real life stuff already at a high, as a high schooler. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like sometimes like I just look around and I just look at like myself and then them not to like shame them or nothing. Like, yes, absolutely. Like, yeah. Obviously like they're my dogs, whatever. But sometimes I'm just like, I can't really hang around you guys. Cause it's like we, in terms of mindset and like growth, we're not at that same level. So it's like, I can't really be around you too much because then it's like I'm gonna stoop down to that level, which I don't yeah. want to. Yeah. It's like again, not to shame them or nothing, but sometimes I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, like I'm just like this is in myself because this is what I want to do. And like a lot of like my peers, I hear them and they're like, yeah, when I'm older, I want to be rich or I want to be a lawyer or whatever. But then like in my head, it's like, okay, that's what you want to do when you're older, bro. Why can't you like start? trying to figure out ways to get to that path or like start sooner rather than later. And it's like, my parents would always tell me that like, instead of starting later when you're like 20 or 30, whatever, why can't you just start now? And it would just make that transition like easier. Cause obviously going from like playing basketball every day to like no longer playing it, that transition like isn't hard. But for me, like it's going to be easy. Cause I already know what I want to do and I'm already like on my path. So mm-hmm. yeah. And- what's what's crazy about 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 your brand and i was sitting down and i was really thinking about it before i before we got on i was mm-hmm. thinking about it yesterday i was on the train i was just thinking about like the brand and how i got to know it and what it stands for um mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot of things that i want to keep on learning from what you are mm-hmm. uh, you're bringing up to me but i think the big thing that hit me was just like in a way being a leader right as a point guard, yeah. you're a leader on a team. Mm-hmm. Your brand and you being around your peers is also a way for you to be a leader as well. Yeah. And it's like, I think for me, 
that translates from basketball to like real life and like there's certain skills that go both ways yeah definitely so for me it's like what like what it like in the real like we'll, we'll get to the basketball part after because that's the easy yeah. but like in the real yeah. life part because i know you're caring, you're kind, and you're somebody that likes to bring people up. So how are some ways that you're kind of bringing people up to motivate them or to get to that same level mindset-wise, like you're saying? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, before, like, uh, I ever I ever even started bringing people up, like, like I keep saying, and, like, I'm going to keep mentioning it, like, I had to, like, find myself within. Because, like, you can't give, but, yeah, like, you're drowning, you know? Right. So it's like one of the ways like I help others to, you know, like kind of have that same mindset as me or like be on the same level and to bring them up is really by just like talking to them, like um, understanding them and their needs. And then I'm like, OK, let's say, for example, I know you're not I know you said we're not going to talk about basketball, but let's say, for example, like on the course, like for some of my um, uh, players, I don't talk to them all the same way because I know that, OK, this player, if I scream at her, you know, she's going to break down and it's done. But then this player, like, if I talk to her, like, on one-on-one -on -one and, like, a chill tone or whatever, like, she'll be okay with it. So it's just really, like, I know who I'm talking to and I know how to put the message out there without being, like, without them feeling a type of way. So it also comes, like, with knowing your peers and knowing how they react to certain things. And it's just, like, I find ways to help them all individually, obviously, because I know like whoever I'm talking to, but even the people I don't know who I'm talking to, like I just try to, whenever I'm talking to someone, like I kind of bring out a personal note so they know I'm not just kind of bullshitting it, you know? Mm -hmm. I try to tell them that, you know what? I was once in your feet and that's okay. But at the end of the day, it's like, you gotta keep going, like regardless of any situation thrown at you, because it's either you're gonna be like a lot of people that whenever um, a setback comes their way, it's like, oh, like they don't know what to do, they panic, or it's like, okay, this happened. What am I going to do next? So it's really about, like, not thinking about the now, but thinking about, like, three steps ahead. I I have to be honest. Like, in my 19 episodes, mm -hmm. that is probably the most thorough answer that I've ever gotten. <laughs> like, I got my, my best answer by a 17-year-old. This is crazy. <laughs> thank you this is crazy but no but it goes to speak to your to your experience and you know growing up it goes to speak to that because you know something that i've learned to understand and appreciate is that people the way that people grow a lot of people think that it's with age right mm -hmm. i tend to disagree in a lot of times because i think that a lot of the maturing that we do is through experiences yeah right so yeah. somebody like you um, when you first started playing basketball, you and your sister, right? Both of you, both of you girls playing up, um, yeah. changing high schools, you having this opportunity to go to the U.S. for a little bit, experiencing that, and then coming back, right? And now you're in this role. Like, not a lot of, not a lot of people your age, I've gotten the chance to experience that. Yeah, at seventeen, right? A lot of people, it's kind of like it's the same stable stuff, right? It's like, okay, I go to the same high school, I go to the same elementary, same high school, boom, 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 and then, you know, then life happens. Yeah, You've got the chance to experience change. You've got the chance to experience hardships with your injury, recovering from that, now getting back to playing and all that kind of stuff, right? So I want to, I want to, I always have to talk about this. I want to talk about how the impact of, you know, because we're kind of like in the same situation now where we moved out of montreal yeah moved out of montreal you know we're doing our thing in ontario you know da, da, da. but you know there's always our mind that is like thinking about back home yeah so i want to know like talk a bit about the montreal basketball community and how it helps you grow mm -hmm. so i play apache and that community is honestly like where i learned to where i fell in love with the game like just the atmosphere, like the environment there and like the community, it's like, that's in a way it like made me who I am today. Like it made me tough, it made me brave, like resilient, like 
they teach you stuff there beyond just basketball. Like they obviously they want to see you grow um, as a student athlete and not just as the athlete. It's like being in that atmosphere like has shaped me into where I am today. Obviously, other aspects in my life as well, but just being in that environment and being with those people like I play with Sa- Sarah, um, Lisa Tesson, and like uh, Kenya. Like I played up, like you said, like I played up with those girls. Like I was in. Um, what was I? I was playing with the Benjamin girls, and then I was also playing with the Juvie girls. Uh-huh. And obviously, like you know, like I was getting my ass beat, but yeah. playing with them like helped me and on and off the court because it made me tougher. Like, like I keep saying, like it made me who I am today. So it's like being in that community, like it was really a great experience. And I mean, I do like miss it, you know, like and I, and I really reminisce about it because like I miss the people, like just the environment, for example, like the games, like all the teams would come out and like whenever we had a big game and like, you know, like it was a rivalry, like they would start like doing chants and all that. Like I remember them, like all of them and I just missed that environment. But beyond like uh, Paget basketball, like the community in Montreal, like it's obviously smaller than here in Ontario because Ontario is big, but the Mm -hmm. community back in Montreal, like is small, but it's like everyone knows each other. And it's like when we're not playing against each other, like, you know, like, everyone says hi or whatever it is. And it's like mm-hmm. the family back there. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because like, I think for me, that was the number one thing that I learned is because like, I agree with everything you said, because mm-hmm. like when I moved, you know, you think like, obviously, you know, the, the you play against each other, you know, in, yeah. in Ontario, you know, you know, the people from Fort Erie know the people from Orangeville, the people from Orangeville know the people from Royal Crown, Royal Crown knows Fort Erie. Like, yeah. It's all like, but for me, the biggest thing was like, I realized it's like, yo, Ontario's big, yo. Yeah, it's really big. <laughs> that's the first thing. Yo, that's, the, that's the first thing that hit me because I remember mm-hmm. I was like, yo, like when I used to drive from one game to another, like you go from Paget to Park X, it's like not even seven minutes. Mm-hmm. maybe under five minutes and then some and when the days when it's nice and when there's a tournament you can walk there you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. And it's like the bus too like it's not like far apart but here it's like you have to go from one end to like the whole next end and it's, it's everything crazy. is one hour to 40 yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so that gave me like kind of like a little more of an appreciation for it because like mm-hmm. you know obviously like our community is small but our community yeah. is also like i think that's what makes it very strong too Mm-hmm. And you're getting the look of it for like now you're seeing all these successful players going to play in the NBA and going to play in college like from Montreal you know like who yeah. would have thought right so mm-hmm. let me let me um let me ask you this mm-hmm. you're a point guard now let's transition to basketball you're a point guard yeah okay what are the qualities and the values that you think a point guard should have on the court so one of the biggest ones to be honest is consistency uh huh. Like okay. being consistent as a leader is a big thing. It's like as you're consistent and you know, like you work hard, like your teammates see that. So then it's like they you earn their respect. Being right. consistent, being able to, you know, like hear everyone's like opinions and not just because you're the leader, like you know, like no everyone's opinion doesn't matter and that's shut off. And it's like also like being dedicated to the game, being dedicated to to your players and being able to make those sacrifices. It's like you're the leader and with being a leader comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so being consistent, like the hard work, dedication, like it means a lot. And for a leader, I think like that's important. Like that, those are important qualities to have because like everything falls in like hand. So it's like you need to be able to, you know, like, yeah, you're a leader, but you're not just watching out for yourself. You're watching out for like all the other players right. on your team. Right. So, like, being a leader comes, like, with great responsibility, and you have to be able to, like I said, make those sacrifices because at the end of the day, yeah, it's great being a leader, being called the leader, but it's, like, if you can't make those hard decisions when everyone else can't, it's, like, how how do you stand out? I know. Mm-hmm. See, that's where I would – that's where I struggle. That's where I would struggle because it's kind of, like, I always want to make everybody – I want to make everybody – me personally, I want to make everybody feel good, like, all the time. Yeah. You know, but it's like, like you said, like there comes a time where you have to make like certain hard decisions. Somebody, yeah, somebody's got to get a shot. There's one mm-hmm. ball. Somebody's got to get it. You know, at this yeah, specific time. Like, 
Mm. Yeah, it's like there's that fine line, like, you know, like, um, yeah, you guys are friends off the court, but it's like on the court, like, you guys are still friends, but you have to keep in mind that you're the leader as well. So it's like you can't keep that. You have to have the boundaries. You have to know when to make the right the right calls, like, even though, let's say, it's going to affect your teammate or whatever, but you know it's the right play, it's the right call. Mm-hmm. So, being a leader and point guard. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 you got it. Go. Being a leader. Yeah, so like being a leader and a point guard, like on the floor, it's like you're the extension of the coach on the court because there's so much a, a coach can teach us and, you know, like tell us. But it's like once we get on the court, it's us five playing. It's not the coach playing or, you know, the assistant coach. It's us five. So it's like the coach has to be able to trust you as well. So, like, again, it just comes with, like, great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like, talk about how you approach how do you prepare for like a game like and there's there, there's probably gonna be some similarities to how you prepare for like your events and all that kind of stuff with Borgata. Mm-hmm. like how what's your prep your mindset preparing like like so for you, me personally yeah how much do you need how much information do you need how much do you you know like mm-hmm. study your opponent how much do you read how much do you like whatever which whichever mm-hmm. way you prepare so to be honest, like for preparation, like when it comes to looking at my opponent, uh, opponent, I don't really watch them that much. Like I watch them a bit, but not too much because then I don't want to start thinking like stressing or whatever it is. So like I watch them, but to a certain extent. But then for me personally, like before a game, I start locking in an hour before a game. And before that, like I meditate and then I also do my body scan so that I know that once I get on the floor, like nothing else matters besides the game and who I'm playing against. Ooh. So, mm-hmm. ooh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's so I just meditate and I do my body scan, and that's basically it. That's my preparation before a game. So I'm not listening to music. Like I know for some, like them listening to music, like hype, hypes them up and gets them like all ready for the game. But nah, for me, I meditate. And I tell my teammates that you know, like I listen to podcasts first thing in the morning, and I meditate, and they're like, Yeah, okay. And yeah. I'm just like, yeah, but that's just how I roll, you know? And it's like, it comes with its benefits as well. Like some, uh, for some, they think that meditating, like, you know, is bullshit or whatever, but meditating really like allows me, and I know for others as well, to be aware, like in the present moment. And like, if you're aware in the present moment, you're just thinking about the now, not the later, not what happened earlier. You're just thinking about the present moment. So it really like helps you. And like I said, it has its benefits whoa okay okay whoa okay now we're gonna have to dive into this so meditation what is it is it just your breathing are you visualizing like what is yeah so when i meditate i'm really breathing and i visualize what the plays i'm about to do or for example um not even just on the court but first thing in the morning like when i'm meditating like i said i'm breathing and i'm also thinking about having a great day i i um take out all the negativity, the negativity. I forget all about that. And I just bring, bring in positive thoughts. So I'm just thinking about having a great day. And I just tell myself like, you know, practice is going to be good later on. School is going to be great. You're just going to have an overall great day. And your body scan, how does, like, what's, what are you trying to accomplish? How do you go through that process? Yeah. So for my body scan. like um, first, of, each- first of all, for people who don't know, what is it? What is it? What is a body scan? Body scan. So it's basically you're just breathing in and out, exhaling in and out. And then for me, my body scan, like everyone's body scan is obviously like catered to um, the individual. But for me, my body scan, I basically inhale, exhale, and I do it at each one of my body parts. So I do my feet, then my knees, my hips, my shoulders, my head, and I go all the way down, then I come back up. And a body scan just basically allows you to, once again, be in the present moment and be aware of everything. And it helps you focus on your breathing as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's so many different ways I can go with this. Because No, because this is good. Because I think, mm-hmm. where, where did you, like, where did you learn, when did you realize that that was what would work for you? Because you said something earlier that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like some people, when they look at you, they're like, why are you meditating? Why did that? That means yeah. I'm sure at some point you were probably waking up listening to <laughs> oh, Gunna, yeah. Gunna yeah. little baby at <laughs> 7 a.m. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's be real. Like we're all, But like 
yeah. you know, obviously with the maturing and whatnot, like what, what was the moment that made you be like, okay, well, I'm going to try this. And then what results did you see that made you be like, okay, this is what I need. So um, I do, when I used to be back at home, like not at Fort Erie, but back at home in Mississauga, I would do agility twice a week. And then my mentor, um, which is Sly Walters, um, Sly. he not only, yeah, he not Shout only does agility, but he works on your mind, uh, body and soul as well. So then I would have like twice a week, I would just speak to him. We would just talk about my thoughts and what I've been feeling throughout the day. And then he was like, okay, you're feeling this way. So then let's find something to help you like focus in the present moment. That's why like I'm so keen and I talk so much about the present moment because I learned from him. Like he's a great mentor. And like uh -huh. I started doing the body scans, meditating and all that thanks to him. And before like when he would tell me and he, he approached that, I was like, I looked at him crazy, like the way people look at me crazy yeah. when they talk about me. I was like, okay, um, I'll try it. But when I first started, like, I wasn't really serious about it. But as I started playing and, like, the results, like you said, I started to see a change. And it wasn't a bad change. Like, it was a really good change. I started to see that when I would either, because I would do it um, before practice and games as well. And I started to see a good change, like, I started to be more focused and from the jump, from the start of practice or start of a game, like I was already locked in. I wasn't locked in third quarter or fourth quarter. I was locked in from the beginning. So it was really like thanks to him that I started um, maturing and changing the way I think of certain things and the meditation, everything like that's from him. That's, that's huge. And it's like, mm -hmm. because I think, especially in basketball, like, I think a mistake that a lot of people do is just like they want to compare themselves to others. Yeah. Like the way that you know, I'm going to use a popular the way that Steph Curry gets ready for a game. Mm -hmm. Probably not the way that LeBron gets ready for a game. You yeah. know what I mean? And for me, that self-awareness is super key because it's like it's what you need. And yeah. as a point guard, you know, and like you said, like you're you're someone that's very you're very mature and you're very intellectual. Mm. So for you, your playing style, you know, having to know when to make the right decisions and all that kind of stuff, you have to be in a mindset where your brain is calm. Yeah, you got to be able to keep yourself and be calm. Whereas mm -hmm. somebody who is maybe a shot blocker, rebounder, dunker, mm -hmm. or energy player. That level, that emotional level, for you where it's calm, for them, maybe it has to be high for them to achieve who they are. Yeah. And I think, like, that's what's super interesting about what you said, because, like, I think if you figured that out in high school. Yeah. <laughs> sky's the limit for you, girl. Mm -hmm. It's Thank like, you. so, so, so what's so. Have you have you have you tried teaching this to some other people or have you tried like kind of like um, is there parts of it that you kind of like try to transmit to the to the next generation or to even your teammates? I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I got to hear. So um, my sister and I would play on the same team, Maya. Yeah. We play for Fort Erie and like I've been trying to tell her, you know, like you should meditate or what so. But, you know, she started, but. It's not consistent. And as well as my little sister, like I'm telling her, like, you should meditate and it would help you like relax and calm your nerves and all of that. And she's like, no, I don't need to. I don't need calm. to. I pray. I'm like, okay, yeah, you pray, but I'm just saying like, you know, it would help you. But as well as for other one of my teammates, like I tell them as well, like, you know, meditating and, it, and it's benefits. And they're just like, okay. It's like, it comes through this year and it just, out the year. and I'm just like, Okay, but I'm just trying to help you guys. Like, you know, like, obviously, I want to see you guys succeed and, like, and everything. And it's, like, that, that's just one, like, advice I'm giving you guys. But they're just, like, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I try, but it's, like, you can't, at the end of the day, you can't force individuals to do certain things. Like, mm -hmm. Which is, no, it's, it's true. And it's, like, mm -hmm. you know, you lead, you, you, you you share your experiences and then after that's like people kind of like take it or they don't, you know? Yeah. I mean? And after it's kind of like, so it's like, um, pivoting back to your brand when you like, how do you introduce your brand to people without kind of like 
feeling like you're 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 trying to you're trying to 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 I'm gonna say sell sell them on an idea. You know what I mean? How do you mm-hmm. kind of like is it just you have to live and live by everything that you go through on a day-to-day basis and then people kind of like oh what's about and then it kind of like engages the question or like how do you introduce your brand to people i mean a lot of the times like without me even telling people and only after i tell them they're like oh i already know i'm like oh, okay that's good that's to cool, you. But, yeah. yeah but for those that don't know and like the way i try to introduce it is just like i just talk to them about it and again like i bring in like some personal aspects and then like i relate it to my brand and i'm like this is, I'm not only just a student athlete, I'm also an entrepreneur and like, this is who I am. And then I try to, I input my life experiences and I also like, um, I tell them what Point Goddess is really about. So it just comes down to like talking to people. And like, again, it's like, there's so much you could say, but it's also like, you can't just like keep selling it, but without meaning it. So it's mm. like, whenever I talk about my brand, it's like, I mean what I say and like, I stand by what I say. And it's like that, translate to what I do in life as well it's like it shows who I am and the type of person I am because like yeah like they see my page and whatever but then it's like once people really get to know me they're like okay like you know like she really stands by what she says so at the end of the day like for others it's just like if you're selling something or representing something remember that you're not just saying it you also have to put like action into your words Mm. yeah so so that was a really good answer. So you 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 going into a new season now, mm-hmm. you know, um, how do you look at how do you look at your season in terms of balancing the playing, um, the competitiveness of the season, your practices, da da da, and like your personal project. How do you balance all of that out? Do you have like a big calendar, a big board for the year, and you have a, or is it just like events? You go by month. Like how do you go about mm-hmm. it? No, so I I don't I used to use a big board, but now like it's like I have to erase everything and put it back on, and so now I'm just like you know what, and I just really put <laughs> I just have my calendar on my phone, and I also write things down, and then just by doing those things, like because I actually have a lot like my schedule like is busy. Sometimes I have a call this day, like during lunchtime, and it's like if I don't put it down in my calendar or write it down in my journal. I'm going to forget about it. So just doing the, like those little things and like organizing my time and my days helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And it really comes down to time management as well. Oh like, man. Yeah. As a student athlete, like time management is a big thing. And it's like, I know for a lot of athletes, like they keep on hearing people, like especially adults, you know, like repeatedly telling us time management, time management. But it's like, as I started growing up and being a student athlete and as well, like being an entrepreneur, like time management was a big thing that I had to like really stick in my brain that it's important because if you don't have the time management, it's like your head is kind of going to be all over the place. And I mean, for some, mm-hmm. like, you know, that's just how they work. But for like myself or like people that kind of think like me, like having a schedule and organizing is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's that was one of the hard lessons of my adulthood. So I believe yeah. um, I can't. I can't end this without talking about your family. I mm-hmm. like you go through your injury and then yeah. to have the support system. What does it mean to have you know a supportive family? People that support yeah, you so. in your in your basketball career, in your entrepreneurial career, you know. Mm-hmm. My boy Farid, holy. <laughs> my guy. Yeah. <laughs> What does it mean to have a supportive system? I mean, first of all, like, I just, like, want to say how much I appreciate them. Like, my family, like, they've always been there for me, especially when people have, like, come and gone in my life. But, like, my family have always been there for me, whether, like, I was up or down. Like, they were always there for me or supporting me from my right and my wrongs. And, I mean, just having a supportive family, like, helps a lot. And for those that don't, I really hope that and wish that, you know, like, you guys have someone at least by your side, at least one individual by your side that is going to guide you through your, through your life experiences. And like having a big family, um, it's really like a blessing. It's like at times when you feel alone, it's like you can just turn your back and you just remind yourself of like 
the type of family you have and like having that bond and that camaraderie with your family like it really comes a long way because like you know a lot of times like you're going through stuff and you just sometimes you think that you're alone in this but then it's like you remember it's like you have a family that will listen and that will support so just having a big family and that, I mean, not even big, it can be small or big to be honest, but having a supportive family and a family that's always by your side, it really comes a long way. Like for example, in my ACL, like having them at times when I felt alone and I kind of like broke down, just having them like really meant a lot. And it showed that there are people in your life that will care, but it's like, you have to know who truly cares for you and who don't. Cause there are people that were that will like root for you and like your success, but it's like once you're down and something goes wrong, it's like they're they're no longer there. Mm. So it's like having that family and and knowing that they really have your back and they're true to you. It's like it feels good and it, it really means a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like you know, you, again, there's so many similarities between you and I because I think mm -hmm. you know you're an older sibling. And like you got all this, um, you got all like it's not pressure. It's not it's not really pressure, but it's like you have like there's certain expectations being the older, the yeah, older sibling. Definitely. You know, like me too. It's the same yeah. thing. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you you a lot of times you're like, man, I don't want this pressure, man. Like, yeah. That's gonna be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear but it's that, like, man. but it's like you look back and then you know you realize that you know you have a supportive family you have you know mm -hmm. in in our situation we have supportive mom and dad yeah. and in my in both of our situations we have two younger siblings so mm -hmm. it's like you know you in your situation it's two younger sisters and me it's one brother one sister and it's like you know i i think i think we're doing good yeah and that that's what i want to kind of like let you know it's just like it's it's been amazing to see you just grow into like just have this little flower that just started growing and just keeping up with everything that you're doing like it like you're you're doing really good thank you it means a lot really good really good you have a you have any upcoming projects coming up that people should be looking out for I'm actually going to be releasing my book um, eventually throughout the year. Holy man. She's doing books. Yeah, She's yeah, doing it's, books too. yeah it's basically just about like my journey um, throughout um, like this year and like really cheering, cheering my ACL and like my trials and tribulations. And um, the whole point of it is about overcoming. And I want other student athletes who have been in my shoes and who have been through not just an ACL tier, but um another like major injury and like to let them know that they're not the only ones that felt this way and like you know like others have felt this way and it's okay to feel like that and it just it's about um what are you going to do next and what what next steps are you going to take um to improve yourself not just on the court of whatever sport you play but as well as your mind and your soul uh, when and when should we be expecting this when should we? I don't know yet. I don't, don't know, know yet. Okay. I don't know yet. But definitely this this year. Okay. So tell you what, when the when the book comes out and this mm -hmm. video is gonna have thousands and thousands of views. Okay. Yeah. We'll put mm -hmm. the link. We'll put the link um for where people can buy your book. We'll put it in the episode description. And right. we'll get you we'll get you even more thousands of uh of of book sales. I appreciate it. Holy so she she gets buckets, she has her own brand. She does books. She leads the next generation. KJ, it's been amazing. It's been amazing to have you on. And um, where can people find you on Instagram? Instagram and people keep up with Fort Erie basketball. Fort Erie women's basketball mm -hmm. team, one of the best programs uh, we have in the country. So where can people find yeah. you and where people can find um, your brand on Instagram? Uh, so my handles are um, point underscore goddess. And for my personal one is just KJ underscore Foss 10. Mm -hmm. you, you, you're just going to keep impressing me. So just keep <laughs> growing. I'm super excited for the future. Super excited for your season. Super excited for your new book launch. Super excited for everything you have to do. Thank um, you. Sending a lot of love to you and your family. You keep doing what you're doing. Of course. Thank All you. Right. All right, KJ. Bye. Bye.
All right. So in this week's basketball coaching section, we're going to talk about player empowerment. It's uh, it's one of those things that, especially at the beginning of the season, a lot of coaches got to start paying attention to. Um, and a big part of it is because a lot of times as coaches, we have this idea of how um, a player should act, how a player should be on the court. We have the perfect vision of what kind of player we want uh, the player in question to be. But the reality is the only way that it pushes in the same direction is if we're able to have a clear communication with the player and have an understanding about where they want to go. So I'll give you guys an example. I was um, just at a at a practice. It was a 13-under team. And uh, a couple of the coaches were telling this one player, um, you know, when when you have the ball, when when we have the ball on offense, I want you to be close to the basket, move. Uh, when the ball reverses, try to post up, get passes close to the basket, right? Um, so when I sat back and just looked at the player, the first thing the player did when he first walked into the gym was go in and just shoot threes, right? Just come in, shoot threes. Um, and then afterwards, you know, obviously as grownups, we kind of see where this player could have the advantage. But the reality is it's hard to get the player to buy into something if they don't understand why they're, they're doing a specific task. So if you're telling the player to go close to the basket and they don't do it and you, and something very easy to pay attention to that is, um, like I mentioned, he walked into the gym and just went straight to the three-point line. Well, this player obviously wants to shoot more, right? Now, I'm not saying let the players do what they want, but take into consideration um, that the player comes in and wants to work on his outside shooting. We have to consider that the player doesn't really see the value in being close to the post or being close to the basket doesn't understand why we are telling them that, hey, if you are closer to the basket, you're going to get more easy baskets. And this player in question was bigger than the rest of the other players. But naturally, as a younger player, you're going to do a lot of the things that you see on TV. You're going to do a lot of things that bring in that quick and fast reward, right? And we know that the three-point shot is the shot in the game that gives the most, um, the most return, from one shot. So naturally players are going to gravitate to what gives them more self, um, the quick, um, the quick instant gratification. So that was just kind of like a little example because, you know, as adults, as coaches, we clearly see that this player will be able to have the advantage if he's closer to the basket, but the player doesn't yet understand that. So you got to be able to, um, paint a clear picture for this player, for him, or her to be able to see why it is that you see the value in them being closer to the basket or doing whatever task you decide for them to do. Uh, a lot of things like that is, you know, we have visual. So we have visual. Um, this generation is very visual. So as much visual cues as you can give to them, the easier it is. So sometimes just, and this is something that I've been saying to a lot of players. Well, a lot of players that are big, um, younger, right? Like a like a, a tw let's take a twelve year old that is about six foot, who is bigger than an average twelve year old. Well, a lot of times the player doesn't know or understand that they are bigger. So you have to be able to establish them and make them understand that yes, they are bigger and help them master that part of their game where they are able to have that advantage, because the reality is. It's not that they don't want to do what you tell them. It's just that they just don't know, right? So as much as you could give visual cues and give um, a lot of uh, pointers or give a lot of examples, that could really help you out. And I'll even give you another example. Like um, if, you know, so we talked about the three-point shot, which is very prevalent in this day and age. A lot of players will want, to shoot a lot of threes, but don't really understand that the quality of threes really matters. So what do I mean by that? Well, helping players understand that not every three is the same three, that there's so many vari variables um, to the three-point shot really helps them understand. And by variables, there are so many of them where you're looking at the three-point shot, well, 
first of all, the very simple one is that maybe somebody's a better shooter than somebody else, right? So when you're choosing your shot selection, helping players understand that, okay, yes, if you're open, if you're open, open, you could take the shot. But if you're mildly contested, it's better you give it up to somebody else who's a better three-point shooter. Or we're still looking at the three-point shot. Let me give you guys another example. Well, if I could set my feet and shoot a three-point shot, the percentage of that three going in is higher than me shooting a three-point shot that is maybe a step back, right, or on the move. So helping players understand those differences can bring a lot of value to your team as well. Um, and, and, and that's something that I think a lot of coaches kind of struggle with because it's, we, we see the game a specific way, but the disconnect and how we could bridge the gap between players and coaches is helping them kind of understand where we are coming from. I think that brings the most value to your team because going back to what we're talking about player empowerment, I was having a discussion with a coach um, today and we were talking about a specific um, basketball team where, you know, individually, individually, this organization has the best players, right? Naturally has the best players. What ends up happening is when you see them in a game, you realize that they're not playing very loose. They're not playing very um, free, right? The players don't have that freedom to be able to make those decisions or don't have the freedom to be able to be themselves. Well, a lot of times that is because the coach will impose himself and make sure that the players, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a my way or the highway kind of vibe. And what ends up happening is that a lot of times the players don't, don't have the confidence to be able to go out there and just make plays for themselves and I've seen it a lot especially at the younger ages where certain certain players would rather mess up and say that yeah but coach you told me to do this instead of making a decision on their own and getting the feedback from the coach and that's huge because what ends up happening is you end up having these players that you'll hear a lot of people kind of call them robots. Don't be robots. Especially in at the younger ages, players want to be creative. Players want to make players. Players, players want to make, um, not players, players want to make plays. Players want to be themselves. Players want to. So as a coach, you have to be willing to help them understand who they are, number one. And then help them understand how they can get to where they want to get to. And that's where where the season starts and you have everybody who comes back into the gym after having worked on every single skill that they really wanted to during the summer. Well, now as a coach, you have, the job, you have a job to get everybody to understand that for us to be successful, these are the roles that everybody is going to have to have. And the best coaches are able to do that, where it's bringing players together and helping them understand. And maybe it's having a shooting chart where, um, you know, you have maybe two players who are consistently your best shooters. Well, it's easier for you to get the buy-in from the players because now you have a you have a clear, non-bias stats. Or a graph that de- that depicts that says, "Hey, this player is making more threes than you, or this player is a better shooter, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Because by having something that is objective, and objective means that it's a fact, it makes it a bit easier for you to be able to get the buy-in from these players. Because I see, I think that's the biggest mistake is that a lot of coaches. Um, as coaches, a lot of times we tend to want to impose ourselves based on what we feel. But what ends up happening is that you end up having a lot of pushback from players because they don't understand why you are either limiting them or not allowing them to perform this specific skill that they believe that they are better at, right? So things like having stats, um, just having video, right? Video is big because we have a lot of visual learners. Anytime you're able to incorporate those things, you're able to allow yourselves to have um, 
to have certain assets that can back up your point and it makes it a bit easier for you to be able to present it to the players. So by having them to be empowered, a lot of the, the biggest reason what you have to get the players to do is you have to get them to trust you. You have to get the players to understand their roles. You got to get the players to understand where you're coming from as a coach. And I think it's the wrong way to go about it is just expect that you can just tell your players, hey, this is what we're doing, end of story. No, a lot of players nowadays, this generation of athletes, they need, they, need, um, they need the why behind what you're doing. They need the why. They need to know, okay, why am I not able to take this shot? You're not able to take this shot because of this, but this is how you can get to um, the point where you can take that shot. So constant communication and keeping them updated on the process I think is a great way for you to be able to um, allow your players to feel a little more confident going on the court because the reality is a team that a team that has players that are confident and don't necessarily need the coach is very hard to scout against. It's very hard to play against. So the more you can get your players to understand their roles and buy into it and allow them to be empowered, the better you are setting yourself up for success. Thank you guys for staying to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed, please give me a five-star rating or a review if you enjoyed. Thank you to Miss KJ of Point Goddess. Make sure to give her um, a follow on social media and uh, just keep up with all things Point Goddess because I am very proud of her uh, for her to be able to push through and just uh, balance being a player and all the nice initiatives that she does. I'm very, very proud and of everything that she's been doing. So. You guys, make sure you tap in with her. Uh, and as for me, you guys know, you could always keep up with me at Coach0365 on every platform. And uh, keep up with the YouTube channel because now, guys, we're, we're vlogging now. You guys get to see some vlogs now on YouTube. So hopefully you guys are excited uh, for those because I'm very excited to bring you guys um, a little bit of insight on what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Make sure to make this week the best week ever. And here's how you're going to do it. Okay, so this is my goal for you guys. Attack this week by being you. Be unapologetically yourself. And the reason behind this is because it's better for you to attack situations the way that you want to attack them instead of having regret and not allowing yourself to be who you are to your truest self. The regret of not being you will sting longer than the failure when you, that you have when you are yourself. Have a great week. I love you guys. And I'll see you guys next week on the Project 365 podcast.